Jeremy here. Just before we get into the show, wanted to give an update. We have a new tier on our Patreon. That is the Sheikah supporter tier for $5 or more a month. You get a week early access to episodes as well as getting to pick games that you play alongside us. Each month, people in this tier can pick a game that we'll play. We'll stream it on our Discord for everyone else to see. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We just played the Rogue Hero Ruins of Tassos game, uh, which is this roguelike, Zelda-like game that uh, is very similar to the old Four Swords games. It's very chaotic. It's very, very fun. If you want to join up in that, go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild. If you can't afford that, we do still have the smaller tier. Just a reminder, people that join in that tier, they get ad-free episodes. They also get access to our side quests episodes, where once a month we record an episode just talking about all the other games that we have been playing. You also get to pick the games that we play in between Zelda games, what we call our Gaiden games, as well as getting a shout-out. If that sounds good to you, once again, go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild sign up support us we really appreciate it anyways that's all i have so let's get on with the show hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Chat of the Wild is a part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find out more information, as well as other great shows, go to greenlitpodcast.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chat of the Wild. Gaiden. In this season, we are playing Crystallis? Crystallis? Oh, yeah. I guess I've heard people call it both things before. I have as well. This season, I'm joined by Brian Hour. I think, yeah. Yeah. Brian Hour. That's that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) BC Nelson. Hey. And I'm your host, Jeremy Harvey. We are playing the NES version. There are uh, two different versions of this game. Uh, There was one for the NES, and then 10 years later, it was ported to the Game Boy Color. Okay. Uh, This came out in 1990. That makes perfect sense. The Game Boy Color was basically an NES, so... But 10 years! Yeah. It wasn't... I think it was a remake and not a direct port. Well, think about it. It, How how is the... um, uh, what was the uh, the SNK machine? That wasn't doing so hot. The portable one? Neo Geo Pocket Color? Oh, the Neo Geo. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't, you know, that was starting to die out about then. So why not put our NES game on the portable thing that's basically a NES anyway? But they, they never put this game on that, on any of their hardware. So it's just it was- weird that suddenly they're like, oh, let's go ahead and bring this thing back here. That's strange. Um... Yeah, very weird. But uh, this is going to be a shorter episode, for sure, because there's not a whole lot at the beginning. But uh, I did want to just go over a couple things that I looked up for, like, the the director-producer of this game is Kazuto Kazuto Kono. 
which I, I then tried to obviously look up like what are some other things that they worked on and not a lot. Uh, they didn't really spend much time in the game industry after this. Maybe not uh, looking at this. They didn't last 10 years, really. Um, they produced Sonic the Hedgehog Pocket Adventure, uh, Shinsetsu Samurai Spirits, some long word I can't even dare to pronounce, uh, Dexterity the same year, and Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf. Yes! Ooh. Is that the only fighting game out of those that you named? The Samurai Spirits one might be a fighting game. Yes, yeah, that's why I, I want to know. Like, did, did they hand... That's why I'm wondering if it took them forever to re-release this game. Were these two just, or, you know, off making their weird games while they're like, oh, we're over here making uh, Bust-A-Move and 10,000 fighting franchises. So, Well, <laughs> look, at, look at, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people that are involved in making video games, mm-hmm. but less so back then. Yeah. And so uh, a person that would be the not only producer but director of a game like that's that they are much more of a lead of that game than they are nowadays where you have games that are made by hundreds of people Mm -hmm. uh, where this was probably just dozens of people if even that working on it and so for him to be like the Lee Trevino's fighting golf was before that was in 1988 okay and then Crystallis was in 1990 but then you jump ahead and the next game is that Samurai Spirits in 1997 so there's like a seven year gap for in terms of like production. Yeah, that this individual didn't really do anything. Um, well, because well, maybe they had a team, and then their team, they're you know at that point Neo Geo or SNK is like, well, we're gonna get out of uh, um, like home consoles. Really, we're just gonna focus on our our own arcade stuff and our home arcade, which you know was the Neo Geo itself. So right. maybe they just took their took them off and made them support team, and they just didn't really care about their NES output or their home market output at all. And I don't know. Who knows? Anyways, just wanted to to throw that out there. Um, that is interesting. Know, anything else before we we jump into this? I know nothing of or knew of nothing before. You're we right. None of us have played this game beforehand. We yeah. all vaguely knew about it, I believe. Mm-hmm. I know about this game from yeah. reading the Tips and Tricks Strategy Guide as a kid. <laughs> so I used to get Tips and Tricks magazine, and I games I couldn't afford or couldn't find, I would read through the strategy guides for them. And so this <laughs> was that's the only reason I know this game existed, and that was for the the Game Boy remake. So oh okay, I think yeah, I got it. Uh, I mean this game obviously comes up it, when people talk about Zelda, so. That's the only reference I have for it is just hearing people bring it up like, oh, well, you know, Crystallis and blah, 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 blah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I right from the beginning, I thought this was going to be like a fantasy game. And the very start of it, we are flung into the far future of October 1st, 1997. <laughs> the end day where it turns out that this is actually kind of a post-apocalyptic game. Mm hmm. Where uh, the end of the world happened in 1997, um, where civilization civilizations were destroyed. The um, the rich created a giant floating island that they left the planet on. 
Well, the, uh, the or at planet, least the, the planet tilted on its axis. Like just is that the what it planet was? Shifted or something? Well, I don't. I don't know. I'm very confused. Like by this story, it's the thing that they always talk about when they're like, "Oh, the Earth's like gravitational act. Like the true North is going to change, and everything is going to be ruined forever. Our it's magnetic field's going to disappear, and we're just going to get bombar- bombarded by solar radiation." Yeah. Here's the exact text, and this is uh, text underneath a bunch of burning buildings. An evolution has taken place. The Earth's axis shifted, and all creatures became mutated. Life would never be the same. Okay. Okay, so take that at, you know word for word at face value. Uh, as we go further and get more little text and bits of story, it, it none of it like meshes. It all kind of contradicts and it's weird i don't know yeah well very much like zelda we get this and then we jump ahead a hundred years to Mm. when the game actually takes place yeah to a hero who's locked away in a chamber and doesn't know who he is right we're told that like you know life has sort of come back in a way but it's all mutated lots of monsters there are a few humans here and there that live in these remote towns and that that is kind of it where we are there there is a destiny that some hero will show up and defeat evil and evil isn't I'm technically here yet they said like like the real evil like there's monsters and stuff out you know like tigers that are walking on hind legs and stuff but they like evil hasn't arrived yet people are just excited to see us because they know oh well Evil will eventually be here. I think at some point while I was playing this on the stream, I was like, it's like defrosting Austin Powers when you don't know if Dr. Evil's around yet. <laughs> everyone, But everyone's still excited to see you for some reason. They all know you're the hero. Mm-hmm. But again, we we started off with basically global warming is destroying our planet. Some people leave on a floating island. They they state all people, all survivors. They said the survivors leave on a floating island, which confused That's me. That's what history will tell you. Okay, okay. We know the truth. Right. <laughs> well, well, so we already have an unreliable narrator. There was some line in the intro that said um, something about the, the floating tower is supposed to stop evil. Like, that was the specific thing, the sp- the floating tower is supposed to stop evil. And then they're talking about like reactivating the tower if evil returns and like what happens um, if that happens. And it's just like, why would what's wrong with reactivating the tower to stop evil? I, like, they well, say, it's, like, un- the it's unrelated to everything. Yeah. Too, where it's like, yeah, okay. The world is overheating and mutating and all this stuff because of, like, radiation and everything. Also, let's talk about true good and evil. Like, what? Those don't really match. We don't have time for that. Like, the implication is that... Uh, mutated. The, I mean... Well, no, they mu- say, like, it's because of some great evil that all of this is happening. Okay. Okay. What? Mm, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't so, yeah, make maybe, a lot of sense. Maybe the people are in the tower are religious fanatics, and they're like, "It's evil," and we're like, "No, it's just the world's dying." <laughs> it is a lot compared to a little boy walks into a cave and gets a sword. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
program 0256 turns on and we awaken out of our 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 vault yeah. in a way it's like our, our we are we are closed in it's almost like fallout 4 we're frozen there in this cave we get open into this future where everything's mutated but then there's still some survivors and normal people out there yeah that's a good comparison because i was saying like you know vault guy or just breath of the wild link but sure i was like okay cool so we're gonna step out in in, the, in our new sci-fi game with this computer that uh containment thing that we've been in yeah um we come out and there's a guy that's just standing there and is surprised he's just like oh someone's coming out of this cave and runs away yeah we go find him later and he's like ah you didn't scare me that bad what's up hero (laughs) oh i guess i forgot one thing uh what do we name our characters uh in keeping with my um outcast theme from last season i'm gonna go with big boy BC. Oh, I uh, I departed from the Wu Tang theme and the, st- I mean, still hip hop. I went with Loose, like Loose in the Yakuza. Which, if you don't listen to Loose in the Yakuza, listen to Loose in the Yakuza. I'm Link. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that would like trigger hard mode, so I didn't want to call myself that. I, I I don't know if did I say it at some point in the Gaiden games that I always want to make it Link because I want it to be like a cinematic universe where Link is actually the hero that comes into these other games <laughs> or at least inhabits <laughs> them in some way. Yes, yeah, he's he's always the hero. Um, so we get to the first town, the te- the village of Leaf. Yeah. So this it, it's weird mechanics wise when you just bump up against someone, you talk to them. Yes. You don't have any prompt to hit a button to talk well, to that's them. why we're playing like this you game. could have. It's, it's a lot like Kinstones. you got to grind up. Yeah, you got to get right up in people's faces. To talk to them. So that's, that's also, the reason why we picked this game, actually. Yeah. Also, when you go into buildings, it just automatically takes you up to the shop. And it's just like, do you want to buy something? You are in or out. It is binary. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird the way it does it, because it's like you go in to a shop, and it's like are you wanting to shop? And then you have to say yes or no. Then you can shop Mm -hmm. rather than like going in and being like, it could have just been like, what do you want to buy? And then one of the things could be like nothing and you leave. Menus are very interesting in this game. Yeah. The menus are terrible in this game. (laughs) Uh, I think it's what you meant to say. Almost redundant. I I find them interesting though in the ways that they went about deciding, oh, this is how we're going to do it. So, Yeah. So you can have, <laughs> you can look at your status. I think if you hit start, yeah, we have mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, attributes. You have levels. Yeah, um, I guess not attributes. Similar, yeah, similarly to something like Zelda Two, uh, we don't we're not going to get to pick anything when we level up or anything like that. Yeah, um, but we we do have but, a, a defense that Zelda Two yes. doesn't have. So, but then on your status, it shows your equipment. But if you want to equip something, you have to go into a different screen. Mm-hmm. And then, so if you hit select, that brings up, like, your item slash equipment screen. And then there's multiple pages of well, that. Well, yeah, there's two sub-menus on that. There's your gear that you're equipping and then your items or something. And the yeah. save screen. Don't forget that the, the save, save screen, screen is, is the, save the screen item menu. I didn't even it know It is that. a side menu on that one. So if you yeah. <laughs> open up your item menu, 
different from the subscreens, you use select to open your item menu. If you then hit start, you will pop open the save screen. And getting out of that means I think you have to hit select twice to back out of it. Um, or you could hit L and R on your switch and just save a state. <laughs> and let and, you know, and let's you know, this is, we're not even getting to the part to where we have weapons and armor to put on, and then mm-hmm. also have to put on uh, items that we have to use on top of that, which gets weird and cumbersome and confusing. And I didn't understand at first that I had two things equipped to the same button. Yes. Yes, we will. That we'll get to that. Mm. We'll, we'll talk more about that when we get to there. Yeah. So we get into this town. Uh, BC, did you have something? Oh no, I I was just going to ask, and I guess we can talk about it later too. Um, isn't there a way to see the manual in these? Or maybe that was a different collection I was thinking of. Yeah, on but... the uh, on the the NES Classic, the SNES Classic, they've got full manual printouts. But also on the Virtual Console, when you would buy a game, they would give you. Uh, a form of the manual and I too was looking for this manual because I wanted to know what I was doing wrong when I was equipping my items. I guess I didn't <sighs> play around with that. Um, yeah. Is there, hmm, that's, no. I guess that's why I missed a lot of that stuff there. Then. Yeah. No, the switch online store um, has no, or switch online service has no manuals for their retro games. And it's, um, it, it makes me very salty. We get the big old uh, box art, which is kind of cool. That is cool. But yes, though, especially these kind of games, those were important. I, I would, from time to time, though, like to have that list of all of the games in list form and not box art form, because scrolling through them hurts my eyes sometimes. But I think it's just the majesty of it all. I can't I can't take it all in. Sure. Uh, so... We get into there. You can talk to some people. Someone brings up about some dude named Zebu at the windmill. Uh, but they all kind of say, you got to go talk to the elder. Mm-hmm. And if we go to him, he kind of just, he, he's real quick with us. He's like, oh, great. You're here. You're the one that's going to defeat evil. Here's a magic hold sword. Hold on, Bye. Hold on, hold on. Let me grab this piece of paper and read what I was supposed to say to you when you, come. all right, there you go. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm. I was really confused when I met the elder because the first building you walk into, someone's just like, oh, hey, you're the hero. Here's a hundred bucks from <laughs> Right, I did that afterwards. This... I grinded a bit, got some money, then met that dude. And he was like, it's a secret to everyone. Yeah. And... <laughs> so I, um, I thought the elder was Zebu. And then so I'm going around talking to people and they're all saying like, yeah. you got to find Zebu. It's like, I found Zebu. They're like, Zebu's in a cave. And I'm just like, He's literally in this house. (laughs) Why would you insult his house? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe now that you've talked to him uh, and then talked to someone else, that triggered him leaving. It doesn't. So, yeah, it doesn't help to if you go and explore, you can go to a few areas where there will be NPCs later, but they aren't there at the time. Yes, that is never a great design choice. (laughs) Yeah, you do have to talk to the exact right person. Uh, there really isn't like a sequence break in that way. Hey, I'm sure there is. But... Hey, that's hey, that's another reason why we could have chosen this game after Minish Cap because Minish Cap did that a lot. Yeah, talk to this exact person; they will say the thing that you need to move forward. Uh, but yeah, so we can get that money. Uh, you can go into the shop and buy. There was like some armor that you can get in there. Armor. 
It's a tanned leather or a tanned hide. Yeah. Your armor is a euphemism for getting uh, your hind quarters whooped. Yes. Uh, you can also get uh, a flute and some boots. Some like, uh, what are they called? The oh, like teleport warp boots. boots? Warp boots. Did any of you get those? I didn't get the warp boot. Well, I get you get warp boots later, just in a cave. Uh, but I I don't know what they do. So warp uh, boots are single rope. use. Um, they, they just teleport you back to town. So okay. when I went in and got my like hundred bucks from the guy in the house, I didn't buy armor or any equipment. I went and bought um, like the the healing herb and the warp boots because I was like, well, I'm gonna have to warp back to town at some point. So. I, yeah. It reminds me a lot of Dragon Quest, honestly, in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, this starting town is very Dragon Quest-like, where you have this town with a shop that's really just like, go out, get, just grind, get some money, and then come back, and then you can earn some equipment to move forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how, like, a lot of the these kind of old-school RPGs were. Yeah. Just this didn't have turn-based combat. Right. Yeah, yeah I think I I didn't spend any money at first. I just was like... I got my sword and I was like, let's go see what this game is all about and, and went out in the field and started earning some scratch off bad guys, but not very quickly. It was It's tough to do. Yeah, so we're told uh, after we get that to... Go, then, we, you know, they bring up, we got to go find Zebu in the cave. Um, now, this is where we really get into, like, combat for the first time. And we really just have... If you equip your sword properly at the beginning, we just have a sword that has a charge attack. Mm-hmm. Which and is cool. Yes, I like it. Um, but. But, <laughs> but yeah, you don't have a lot of range on it. And you do can, you can only charge up your sword when you're standing still, too. And, and that's so fine. So I'm constantly stopping, holding it down, and then moving. Um, and that's fine. I think the range on the sword is lovely. It is a very long sword, so... That is also cool. My problem with the sword is the way it it goes through its mechanics. Is um, so let's. It's basically a, for all intents and purposes a charge beam or like a, a buster, like like Mega Man or uh, whatever Samus is holding. Um, but I don't know about Mega Man, but I'm pretty sure in Metroid, if you uh, hold the button down, it will shoot one shot and then go into charge mode. This thing, yes. every time you attack, starts to charge first and waits for you to let go of the sword button. So your attacks are always weirdly delayed by, like, it wants to charge first before doing anything else. And so I was, like, I was thinking, like, I want the Metroid one where, like, I attack and then start my charge. because I didn't really notice it. I, oh, I, I was running into bad guys constantly because I wasn't getting the weird timing of the sword down i was having bad guys run into me but not because the sword timing was bad just because the sword itself is terrible um <laughs> i eventually um we'll, we'll get to a point where there's an enemy that can cause a status ailment and after encountering that i just used the charge beam for everything i literally ran away from stuff and then charge beamed it because that's the only viable option mm-hmm. especially later when we we get a uh yeah, well, I guess we should explain the the meter itself. It looks just like Mario Three. 
It's similar, yeah. Yeah. It's got some air it's got a bunch of little arrows that go to sort of a little blip P. that that yeah, almost like, <laughs> it very much looks like that where you hold it down and once that's full when you let go, you you shoot off like a whirlwind because we have the with a sword of winds. I guess so, yeah. Is what this is called? It matches our our outfit too. It's really great. This is where BC is going to jump in and say, "Let's take a quick break." Okay. So, we have some news, some updates on our Patreon, thanks to a nice donation from Cody Jarbo. Thank you very much, Cody. Uh, we hit a couple of our goals. Woo. And uh, so, what we're going to be doing for now is next month, you can look forward to us doing one of our generic episodes that'll be exclusive to the patrons. I believe we're going to settle on Divinity 2 Original Sin. Oh, yeah. We've mm. all been playing that, so we'll be doing an episode about that. It's really we should, fun. We should play that tonight so we can do more research. Yeah, research. For <laughs> <Right>. sure. <laughs> research, yes. Uh, the other thing that we're going to be doing for... And this is all as long as we are at our goals. Not to force this onto Cody, but... Uh, you know, this is this is all based on us hitting those certain goals to keep doing this. But what we're going to be doing is we'll be opening up the polls for our next Gaiden episode. We uh, are just going to be, when this is airing, starting Crystallis. After that, we'll be playing through Twilight Princess. After that, that is what our patrons are going to decide. So if you want to be among that, you can go over to patreon.com slash chat of the wild. Donate a dollar or more. Uh, there is the ability to donate more than a dollar a month. We've been talking. We might be doing some other tiers that you can do. But for the time being, a dollar is all it takes to be a part of that. Um, you also get access to our special patron discord. We do have a general discord that you can get on there. Uh, but if you join in our Patreon, you get to be in our exclusive groups that we have where we talk about secret stuff. Mm. <laughs> We got some good secret stuff too coming up. So, I'll be sharing my chili recipe. So. <laughs> mm. You also get uh, you get one free spin if I'm playing Breath of the Wild on the uh, on the stream where you can make me change my clothes at any point on this random clothing wheel. Because why not? Why not? <laughs> the other goal that we hit with this is doing a review of the Legend of Zelda cartoon series. Uh, TBD. We're going to be doing that. It'll be ex temporarily exclusive to patrons on patreon.com slash chat of the wild. Eventually we'll release that out to the general public, but we did hit that goal. That was the promise. We're going to go ahead and do it. Uh, I can, all I can really say is we'll do it within this year for sure. Uh, <laughs> it just kind of all came out of nowhere. So we got to figure out how we want to format that and everything. Thank you. Thank you, Cody. Thanks, Jarbo. So, yeah, if you want to join in all that, like I said, patreon.com slash shout of the wild. Go ahead and kick us a buck or more and you can hang out with us. We've we, we're, we got some other ideas in the pipeline of some more ways that we want to engage with our fans. Uh, hopefully you all like it. Hopefully it's it's interesting enough for you to be uh, to continue to support us. Come hang out. We hang out there. We, we, we like it. It's fine. It's fun. Like Brian said, he does some streaming. Go ahead and check him out at Luigi's Apartment over on Twitch. Uh, streams every Wednesday 
doing just what still doing breath of the wild right now i mean yeah i think we're gonna switch back to some age of calamity because uh i i'm really running out of things to do in breath of the wild i could just restart the trial of the sword again but i beat up ganon i did the trial of the sword i've done all the hard stuff i can possibly do without starting a new game over uh if we get to 40 followers i promise to start an entirely new master uh mode quest so there's that but until such a point as that, I think we'll switch back over to Age of Calamity for a little bit and keep digging through that. Uh, we're also over on Twitter and Instagram now. I've been back on that again, both at Chat of the Wild. Just type that in. You'll find us on there. Anyways, let's go ahead and kick it over to some cool greenlit podcast shows. Hey, folks, it's Asif Khan, CEO and Editor-in-Chief over at ShackNews.com. Give a listen to our 9 to 5 Elon podcast about Tesla and electric vehicles and all sorts of cool stuff over there on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, where we delve the depths of pop culture history. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The, the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. Or... But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's Shh. arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't it's... read Dune! You have, no, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast Network. So we've got, out in the field, we've got some slimes, and then, what are they, bears? They're tigers. They look, they, yeah, they're, tigers. They're upright tigers. They, they yeah. walk. And, yeah, so the experience system, if you take out a slime, you get one XP and, like, one coin. If you take out the tigers, I think you get only one XP, but you get two coins, I believe. Okay. Uh, Yeah, grinding Something out in this field like isn't the best idea. Um. But I did get I got up to level three. Okay. Because I get obsessed about doing that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I want to be like overpowered when I go into like the actual fight, which we end up going through two empty caves before we actually get to an area with like new monsters and things to actually fight that felt like maybe kind of a dungeonish thing. Yeah. I also was surprised that there was nothing in those caves. I was ready to have have to fight my way through something. Right. You have to go and talk to the right people. Then if you go into the cave to the west, Zebu is there. Mm-hmm. Zebu says, hey, the go turn on the windmill. And if you do, I'm going to teach you a magic spell. Mm-hmm. So that's our that's our f- first real quest here outside of our general defeat evil. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever that is going to end up being. Yeah, because um, every, everyone in town, when you first wake up, the only things they're talking about are Zebu and a windmill. And so I was like, well, I'm going to yeah. eventually have to go to both Zebu and a windmill, it seems, at the beginning of this game. That's the other thing. It's and up north, the windmill is. Yes. And they, there's a cave. There's there's a cave that wraps around. There's also a place way up north on there next to the windmill. But clearly, when I saw it, I was like, okay, I'm going to get something to destroy walls because this wall looks weird mm-hmm. here. Like I could immediately tell. We got that that, uh, that Looney Tunes wall or that really cheap Hanna Barbera animation wall when you know what part is about to get busted through by a woolly mammoth or something. Right. Um. So I went and found. Uh, did they say what was the name of the the guy that was supposed to be running it? Uh, I don't know if they said him. Yeah, he's name. lazy. Is is what they said. 
He's always falling yeah. asleep. There's some kid that was telling us about him. And I went and found him, was like, how do I wake this dude up? Went back to town, talked about it, and they said like, hey, a flute will always wake someone up or something like that. Yeah. the flute. I bought the flute because someone also was like, this thing will, will help you wake someone up. And I'm like, all right, well, we're going to run into a Snorlax eventually, so I should probably buy one. So I bought the flute because, um, you know, when I found the guy and he was like sleeping, I remember seeing the flute earlier and it said alarm flute. And I it was like, OK, this is what I need to go do. And I've been approaching the game with the mindset of what I need to do is something that someone who has never played a video game would think made sense <laughs> because the game is just like it's a it's an nes game so people are just throwing stuff at a wall to see what sticks at this point so i'm like okay you would only be able to wake him up if you knew that this one item back at the store could wake up a sleeping person so mm-hmm. that makes sense in nes logic and yeah but then i had to grind up money to get the flute which was infuriating right so yeah we get the alarm the alarm flute and go back and talk to this lazy dude wake him up and he's like fine i'm awake here take the key to the windmill i don't care leave me alone did did anyone else have trouble actually getting it to wake him up took me two tries i got uh, was there a problem i don't know maybe i just got i was just close enough to him because you you, okay yeah this is what we can talk about you have to equip the flute and that is the also the sword button, I believe, right? Yep. When you have it equipped, using your your sword attack will then use whatever item you had equipped. Yep. Because and- we have the NES controller that has four buttons and a D-pad. Start and select are already used for the menus. And we have a sword on B, and then A will be our magic, whatever magic is. So B is just use item i guess Mm -hmm. and typically that's the sword and the confusing thing is before you have magic you can go into the the start screen not the item screen if you go into the start screen you see two slots for equipment you see the a button you see the b button your sword is on the b button so i went into the item screen and equipped the flute which if you hit b on the flute you can drop the flute and lose it. Um, it'll, <laughs> it will it will prompt you whether or not you want to drop an item. Thank mm-hmm. God. Yes. Um, but you can. But it's throwing it away. It's mm-hmm. throwing it away. Like yes. you're dropping it because you only have so many inventory slots. It's, and you can get duplicate items. It's the kind of like RPG menu drop, not just like put this down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I equipped it and then I assumed because it didn't let me pick which button to put my sword on. I was like, oh, it has to go to A. So I'm jamming A. Nothing's happening. I open up the start (laughs) screen. I see B is sword. A is blank. And I'm like, all right, maybe I need to go in and like press a certain button on the, the flute to allow it to work. And then I was like, I don't know. I'm going to hit B now. And then it said nothing happened, even though I was standing next to the guy. So I walked around to the side of the guy and just like press right up against him and hit B again. And it's like, oh, woke him up. 
So I think, you, okay, using their logic, I think this would be the sensible thing in how they designed this. I think what should have happened is that if you have a special item equipped that interacts with a person, when you run up to them, as in talking to them, if that is like, it's almost like adventure game logic, where you have the thing, you have item already equipped, you will then use item on that character. Mm -hmm. Rather than you having to press another button near them, because if you get too close to them, it'll prompt talking to them, right? Or maybe you have to talk to them first, then press the B button. I don't know. I don't know. If you get close, if you get too close, it triggers his text box or the thing that says he's asleep. Uh, I had to sneak around his um, text box uh, hit box, basically. I had to sneak all the way to the back wall and then like try and use it back there, and it was close enough that it didn't trigger some dialogue and woke him up. So we wake him up, gives the key, go to the windmill, turn the windmill on. The Whatever the windmill does causes almost like an earthquake where the cave next to us opens up. Uh, Lazy Guy also mentions that there is a ball that can destroy walls in this cave somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I then but he only says right this cave. Zebu. He doesn't specify like yeah. He which doesn't cave. specify because like in this it's cave. not this cave. Yeah, it's not this cave. It's the neighboring cave. Which I guess if it's in the same mountain, that's technically the same cave. Same cave system. Somewhere yeah. in these caves is see. That's all you gotta do. Come on, Bill. Bill Trennan. Just, come <laughs> come on. on, Bill. <laughs> um. So we go back to Zebu. Uh, he gives us a magic, our first magic spell, refresh, which is nice. Uh, we can use our MP to bring our health back, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, I thought, but I didn't find this this item. That, or I forgot about the item that the one that we just talked about. We were told it was in these caves, uh, and so I thought I was going to be able to get this wall smashing power from Zebu, and he's like. Here, you're a white mage now. And I was like, oh. I mean, that's cool, yeah. but that's not what I was expecting at all. I guess I have to go find that thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we get refreshed, but now we can go into the the cave that was just opened now. Uh, that was just a weak part of a mountain, but is now a cave that Lazy Boy knew about. And this is where we have to fight a bunch of new monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's all different kinds of things in here. We got treasure chests. This is, this is basically a dungeon yeah, that yeah. we're going into. Because there are doors that we need to obtain things to, in order to open. Yeah. Um, and we do eventually find the orb that they were talking about that orb. upgrades our sword to let us, whenever we power up the shot, it'll fire a whirlwind that will break down walls. Mm-hmm. But only specific walls, obviously. Yeah, only the uh, hand of our bear walls. Uh huh. And yeah, this one, it I mean, it felt it felt long to me only because you there wasn't like exploring. It was very like you know you would you would turn off one way and it would just be like here's a treasure chest, go back to where you were. The the exploration in this game was learning how to deal with each different type of enemy because they all act insanely different um the, and there's a lot of them are not like it like predictable uh these slugs i hate them 
and they're not that bad, but just clearing them out of the way, because I don't know which way they're going to go, and clearing them out of the way, I want to make sure I get them out of there before I walk past them. Um, there, yeah, there are other enemies too, but... Uh, yeah, just learning to deal with each different enemy is its own chore. I think my thing was, one, there's a slime... Um, you've been fighting green slimes, and now they're red slimes, so there's already a different color slime. Already a palette swap, but the red slimes can poison you, and I didn't have an antidote because oh. I didn't spend money on it. And so, once you're poisoned, you're just poisoned until mm-hmm. you get an antidote. So, I was like trying to stab the slime, and he bumped into me, and the game stopped. Which, anytime you level up or you have a status ailment, the game just freezes like yeah. it's like like it crashed. And then the box pops up. And so I got poisoned, and I thought it would go away eventually. It did not. I used up all my magic to heal myself, uh, and then I was still dying. So I had to warp back to town and buy an antidote and then go to the inn uh, and then walk back to the dungeon. But uh, after that, I just started charging, using the charge shot on everything, um, with the exception of the... Bats, which are the worst enemy. I've oh, you cannot! They're unpredictable. The yeah. most unpredictable. The worst of so far. Absolute so, worst. There are these bats that are basically like any Zelda-like dungeon bat, except they stop, they fly in a, a straight line as fast as they can, and they stop again. And they're too fast to hit when they're moving, but they tend to stop in the middle of walls. So you can't even kill them when they're stopped. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was literally, like, running down a hallway when a bat just flew through the wall at a diagonal perfectly to hit me. And it's like, all right, this is this is my life now. And there's a room where the bats just keep respawning. It's not like you kill them all and they're gone. They just keep respawning and responding mm-hmm. and responding. That room is the entire dungeon. All enemies respawn. Like, and it's not like if you leave a room or something, it's... Like there is no memory in the or the, none of the memory in this game is committed to to the placement of bad guys because if you kill one, walk a little bit away, then come back just a little bit, he's back again. So I'm I'm, I'm making a a prediction for the rest of this game, but this is sort of just a genre classification where you know Zelda is uh, action adventure. This seems like it's action RPG where they are just following the lines of RPG rules of just like, it isn't about necessarily exploring and finding things and getting creative on how you're going to do stuff. It is straight up about fighting things and just getting stronger by increasing your numbers. And that is like the core of the game. I I would say the that the people who developed and designed this game have no idea what those two things mean or the distinctions they're in. They're just pulling ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, so, they want to make their own game. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, there's going to be action-adventure elements and action-RPG elements, and it's... Especially in Japan, where action-RPGs are uh, were definitely a thing. Well, see, that's what I'm... I'm, I'm I'm saying I don't think we're going to be getting a lot of room to look around and to find things. It is going to be this straightforward thing all the way through, mm-hmm. you know, where in, in the Zelda games, you had it, you know, the 
they made it where the enemies wouldn't always respawn in a dungeon because they knew you were going to have to be coming back over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that would just be annoying. Like, you know, there's some some of the Zelda games, the the lesser ones, did do things like that. You know, the second you left a dungeon, everything reset or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the, even the bad Zelda likes that we've played, that's the thing we've noticed is like, okay, they didn't think about that aspect of it where you are on a journey, you are wanting to explore and to look through every nook and cranny, where part of that is like, you don't want to just have an endless number of monsters. Like, you want the fight with the monsters to be an important thing, Mm -hmm. that when you complete them, you're like, I did it, I get to move on. Not, I did it, oh, they're back again, I just gotta keep fighting them just to get an inch. Yeah, and, and I would say, if we put this on a spectrum of where Beyond Oasis is at one end, and Zelda, like the, these dungeons, and Zelda's at the other end. This is going to fall somewhere in between that, but it's going to be a lot I th- I more. I think like, it leans. I think it's going to lean more towards Beyond Oasis. Yeah, but we're we're still getting these uh, because Beyond Oasis still had sometimes uh, gated entry to you know doors or rooms or whatever that we mm-hmm. needed something else to get to. So there is still but it was straightforward. Yeah, right. But there is still a bit of that, um, and, and but maybe a little bit more pathways to explore or something. I don't know. Sure. Anything else in this dungeon cave? I was glad that I didn't get poisoned until after I had found an antidote. So I didn't I'm have glad to go. I didn't get poisoned at all. I didn't know that was even a thing. It was right at the very <laughs> end. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, BC. That sounded terrible. Yeah. So we get to, I mean, it doesn't even feel like it. we don't have like a boss key. It doesn't even necessarily say this is the boss room mm. or anything like that. He just started doing I, weird stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm in a boss fight. Okay. I actually got to the hallway leading up to the boss, and I was like, okay, this is the boss. I'm going to go explore everything else first. Because I was like, oh. oh, long hallway with no enemies in it. That's a <laughs> okay. boss. That's a boss room. <laughs> if it were a Zelda game, there'd be a fairy in a jar. There'd be something. Yeah, yeah. we'd have a couple treasure chests. That's, like, here, here's, here's normally some, how they do it. Here's some handouts. Did you get a bow in it? Did you get a bow in this dungeon? Here's some arrows. Mm-hmm. So we get in this room, and then a blue vampire shows up, and he's just teleporting around and summoning bats around you. Mm-hmm. And his weak point is hitting him with a sword. <laughs> yeah, just just get him when he stops. Because he yeah he blinks all around the room and occasionally will summon bats. Uh, thankfully if you take the bats out if you manage to they stay away for a little bit till he summons mm-hmm. them again um, fun fact uh, when you kill him and he starts exploding um, he can't hurt you anymore but the bats still can so um, th- this is like the I hadn't used the rewind or save state feature before because uh, I, I didn't know how exactly it worked but this was my first rewind was I killed him and I had one like hit of health left and then the bats <laughs> killed me as he was exploding. <laughs> so I had to rewind and then I made a save state so that I could just like <laughs> dodge, like kill the bats before he, before they killed me. Cause it's like he's exploding and then like the bats take like three seconds to explode or something like Okay. Oh, so they will eventually disappear. Yeah, it's just they kept attack. I think I I don't remember exactly what happened, but I was attacking them at the end there. Yeah, 
But I don't remember. So they'll they'll just leave after a while. Yeah. Okay. And I I, I think that's just one of those things where playing modern games, I'm used to, you know, you beat the boss, all the ads kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but nope, too early for that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's our first boss. He dies. He drops rabbit boots. Woo-hoo! What do rabbit boots do? I don't know. Did you guys pl- play with it? You didn't. You didn't do the cutscene where you talk to the rabbit boots. No. <laughs> Good, because there was no cutscene. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that wraps up this episode. For the next episode, we are going to be defeating a giant insect monster and saving the town of Oak. So go ahead and do that, and we will meet back here on Chat of the Wild. Gaiden!